Amen. Thank you, Lizzie. Andrew, if you'd like to come up deep in prayer there. <laughs> I do want to stop. No, I'm sure you're not miles away. I'm sure you're worshipping. Didn't want to stop you there, but <laughs> um yeah, uh, Nick and Naomi uh, uh, conference this weekend, so that's why they're not here this morning. Uh, and um, Andrew Sheard is continuing our series of uh, what's in the news. So let's just pray for Andrew and uh, uh, be open to what God has to say to us this morning. Lord, we thank you uh, for Andrew. Uh, we Lord, we thank you, Lord, f- uh, for his service to you uh, in so many ways, Lord. We thank you. Um, but how Andrew looks to serve you. And uh, Lord, we want to pray that uh, we would respond to you this morning, respond to what you have to say through your servant, Andrew. Uh, We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Is that working? I can hear my echo come back, so it must be working. Good morning. We've got some slides up. It's working too. Thanks very much, Chris. So, as Paul has said, the topic carrying on the series of what's in the news this, uh, this morning is about work and rest. Now, sometimes we can talk about the importance of work-life balance, but I want to just think a little bit more deeply about what that means. Think a little bit about how we work. Not everybody goes out for employed work, but we find ways to fill our time and to be busy, and also to think about how we rest and why it's important that we find uh, rest in our, in our busy lives. It's a, it's a fact, isn't it, that the world is getting faster. Life just feels like it's getting more and more chaotic, and there are more and more demands on our time. Just pause and reflect for a moment that today... It's probably the slowest day of the rest of your life because things are just getting faster every single day. If you think about the speed of the internet, you think about the speed of life, all the different things that that come into our lives, everything is just getting faster and faster. And the news is filled with various stories about our busyness, about work, and in particular about overwork and about the impacts of stress on individuals and on society as a whole. And that overwork that leads to that stress leads to burnout. And, and sadly, in many, for many people, uh, it, it has serious consequences. So a few news headlines that I've pulled out around stress and sickness. So record levels of stress put teachers at breaking point. UK workers pull sickies to avoid getting to work. I used to pull sickies every month because of the stress that I had. So different people finding different ways to, to, to uh, meet the demands of their daily lives. Understanding that stress. And we've heard, had some interesting proposals to get around that. Microsoft and, and the Labour Party proposing a four-day working week to help people to adjust to the stresses of life and to reduce the stresses and strains on family life. Now, I'm probably showing my age, but maybe some of you recognize this too. We all know in truth that it's an unshakable truth that a Mars a day helps you work, rest, and play. How many people remember that slogan? I'm not alone then, thank goodness for that. 
So there you have it. That's the answer. I can go home now. Work and rest, it's all about eating a Mars bar. No, I don't think uh, we should leave it there. Maybe we should have a little look at what the Bible has to say and what the Bible can teach us about work and rest. Now, one of the things that I've noticed through this series is that a lot of our speakers have felt, felt the need to take us right back to the beginning in the Bible and into the book of Genesis, and I'm going to do the same this morning. It's important to just take ourselves back to that point before the fall and just see how God originally intended creation to be and see what we can learn from that. So if you've got your Bibles, please turn with me to Genesis 1. It's very easy to find. It's right at the beginning. If you haven't got a Bible and would like a Bible, stick your hand in the air and maybe somebody can pass one to you. Thank you. We'll get rid of the Mars bar. So Genesis 1, starting at verse 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in numbers. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit within it, with seed in it. They will be yours for your food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made and it was good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. Just realized I missed that slide. And then moving on to Genesis 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So here we see the early part of, of creation, the creation story. And we see how God created the, the world as he intended it to be. He intended for us to be fruitful, and he saw that all that he had made was good. So let's just focus on that, being fruitful. God's very first commandment to Adam and Eve was to be fruitful and to multiply. We were created in God's image, and that means we weren't created simply to exist, but to be fruitful. We weren't created just to sit and blob on the, television, on the, on the sofa and watch television, glued to EastEnders or your favorite soap. Even we weren't created just to watch I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. My guilty pleasure, I confess it. We were created to be fruitful. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells a story of three servants who were given money by their master. And two of them worked with their money. 
uh, to create uh, a good return. They, they ha had an, a return on their investment through their hard work. While the third, he called a wicked and lazy servant, he sat on the money and didn't produce any return. He didn't increase what he'd been given. And so the two servants who had returned money were rewarded, while the one who gave back only what he was given was, was punished. So God placed us here to be fruitful. He placed us here to, to multiply and to use the talents he has given us, not to squander them. So we're called to be fruitful. We were created to be fruitful. But it's important that we don't work to excess. We're not to be lazy, lazy and wicked like that wicked servant, but we are to, to create, to bring fruit. But that doesn't mean that we should become workaholics and burn ourselves out. We still have stress in our lives. And not all stress is bad stress. If you remember your physics lesson, stress is a force that's applied to an object to change its shape or its course. I've got a picture here of a violin. Now, the right amount of stress on a violin string creates a beautiful noise, a beautiful sound, a beautiful note. Too little stress creates a maddening buzz. And then too much stress creates that really shrill, off-note off note sound. And in the worst case, the string itself can break and it can ping and, and completely tear itself apart. Now, if anyone in your household is learning to play the violin, please come forward for prayer ministry after the sermon. <laughs> but the, the reality is we can't fully avoid stress in our lives. And we shouldn't try to avoid stress in our lives. Now, studies estimate that 43% of adults in the UK suffer some sort of adverse health effect as a result of stress. Somewhere between 75 and 95% of all of the doctor visits uh, to GPs in the UK are due to stress-related ailments. 75 to 95% of the GP visits are due to stress-related ailments. That is incredible. And it's estimated that over 180,000 uh, stress-related deaths in the UK occur every year. So as Christians, we're not immune to stress. It's easy to say, in quoting bits from the Bible about casting your cares on him, it's easy to, to, to read from, uh, like in Matthew, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It can be easy for us to quote scriptures in those situations or quote scriptures to ourselves in those situations. But it's important that we find a way not to work to excess and to uh, be burdened by stress. And increasingly, employers are, are aware of the impact of stress on performance and on particularly the safety in the workplace. It's important that as individuals and as, as employers, as employees, we find the right way to get the balance in our lives. Too much, uh, too much stress impacts on our ability to perform and to deliver. And this is kind of a, a classic performance curve. On the far, far end, you can see we are completely inactive. There's too little stress. We're not really operating in, a, in our op optimum way. We're not bearing fruit for the things that, that we've been called to do. Somewhere in the middle, we get to that sort of optimum performance that optimum stress level that just keeps us on our toes, keeps us performing and functioning to the best that we can be. And then you 
break over the, the other side of that curve and you, you're into fatigue, you're into exhaustion. There's too much stress at that point in time. And then in the worst case, you just hit rock bottom and you end up with that uh, complete breakdown emotionally, mentally, physically, and, and you cannot cope anymore. So too much stress is, is, is really uh, unacceptable. And it's important that we recognize that we can't cope alone. As Christians, we have the family of, of, of God around us that we can reach out to and get support from. We can seek professional help. And in extreme cases, that, that's important, that you do get professional help. But there's an underlying issue that needs to be dealt with in how do we get the right balance between work and rest. It's a challenge every day for, for us in our, in our daily lives. So God designed us. He designed us to be productive and he designed us um, to make sure that we are being fruitful. But it's important to make sure that our identities, our whole being, doesn't get consumed by our busyness, by the activities that we do. We're not defined by our work. We're not defined by the activities and our, our busyness. We're in danger of becoming human doings rather than human beings. So we want to make sure that we get the balance right. So we, we know that stress can have a, an impact on our performance. Overwork can have an impact on our performance. But God created us, and he created us in his image. And you can't see that picture very well, but it's actually a handprint pushed into the sand. In, one Gen in Genesis 1, verse 26, we said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Now, in, in this particular representation, the Bible's not really talking about something like a, a mirror image or a portrait reflecting the likeness of someone. It's not like a selfie, this term image in this particular passage. It's not the image of someone's face. When Moses wrote these words, there were no mirrors. There were no portrait painters. There were even no iPhones for selfies. People would be getting a reference point to how they look by looking at others. A better word to use in this context is the imprint or an impression. It's a picture of God leaving his hand marks on his created beings. God leaves his handprint on each one of us. So there's an imprint or an indentation that shows up on each of us. That, and it can only be filled by the hand of God. As Christians, we need to know and be secure that we're based on the hands of the Creator. And we also know what he did for us on the cross. We have a great promise that we're loved and we are accepted by him. Whatever type of work that we do, we're accepted by him as a child. We're accepted by him as a student. We're accepted whether we are self-employed, whether we are a stay-at-home mum or dad, whether we're a full-time carer whether we are full-time being cared for, whether we're unemployed, whether we're redundant, whether we are fully employed or working part-time, whether we're retired or whether we're on a sabbatical, we are fully accepted by him because we are created in his image. So hold on to that image, hold on to that imprint that God has put on each of our lives. The next piece that we see in Genesis is that on the seventh day, the first full day of existence for Adam and Eve, God rested. So we read again in Genesis, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array, and by the seventh day God had finished the work he'd been doing. 
So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he'd done. So just let's pause for a moment. On the very first day, full day of creation, God God rested and all of creation rested. It's an important principle to get hold of. We work from our rest, not rest from our work. Adam and Eve's first day on the planet was a day of rest. And from that rest, uh, they were able to go on and live their lives. Rest is a healthy starting point for each one of us. It was the order that God established right at the beginning, for rest and then for work. You know, a strong work ethic is sometimes seen and thought of as a sign of being godly. But then really being godly is about imitating God and being more like him. And in his pattern of life, right from the moment of creation, he took rest. So if rest is vitally important for God, it's also vitally important for each one of us. It's so important to God that it's right up there in the top ten of God's commandments. The commandment to keep the Sabbath as a day of rest for each one of us is right up there with don't kill and don't steal and don't commit adultery. How often do we give it its rightful place as a place and a time for rest? It's an important reminder for all of us that in God's eyes, being a workaholic and not taking time to rest is as bad as being a murderer or an adulterer. It's pause for thought, isn't it? Rest is not an optional extra. It's essential if we want to be a disciple of Jesus that we find a a place to rest. For many of us, the first challenge in finding days of rest is to get from a seven-day week to a six-day week. Never name the potential of a four-day working week. So Adam and Eve's very first experience of creation was a day of rest. And in in, in order for us to fulfill our, our calling, to be fruitful, we must also start from a place of rest. Now, I wasn't here last Sunday. I was running. I ran the Silverstone Half Marathon. And as part of uh, my training for that, I know that it's important to rest. And all of the training plans that I follow for my running have days of rest marked out for them. So if I'm doing four days of, of running a week, there are three days of rest. And those rest days are really important for the body to recover and for us to get replenishment. So those, those days of rest are built into the plans for running. Even within a run, there's this great thing called fartleks. Can everybody say fartleks, please? Fartleks, thank you. We want that on the recording. So fartleks is this concept that within a run, you take a point where you sprint, completely randomly you'll sprint, usually to the next lamppost or the next telegraph pole or the next clump of bushes. And then once you've done that sprint, you take a moment to rest, and you'll rest for 30, 40 seconds, and then you'll do another sprint, and that's called fartleks. So even within a run, it's the importance of taking time to rest and to take a break. We need to find space within our busy lives for rest. It's really important. And we work from our rest, not rest from our work. So we were created for a purpose, Right there again in the beginning of Genesis 2, Genesis 2 verse 15, it says, The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Oh my goodness. Right at the point of creation, before the fall, God put Adam and Eve to work. 
one of the books that I was reading in preparation for this suggested that we might even have to work in heaven because God created us to be fruitful. He created us to bear fruit. And God put Adam and Eve to work in the Garden of Eden, that garden of paradise that was created. Right at the very beginning, we were made for that purpose. We're designed for some form of intentional activity, an activity that produces a sense of fruitfulness in our lives. We were created to work and to be fruitful. And ever since the fall, we've been pulling away from the hand of Creator. Remember that imprint that he left on us? We've tried to fill that imprint with anything else that we can. And that turns into this toil that we experience as the the world of work today. Nothing else quite fits that imprint that God has left on our lives. Only God's hand can fill that imprint. No other activity, no other busyness, no other hobby, no other career can fill that particular imprint that's in our lives. Sadly, that original design, that original purpose that God had for Adam and Eve was corrupted when Adam and Eve took from the tree of life. And that normal pattern of creation of God, as God intended, was broken. Later on in Genesis, we read that the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? So again, Adam and Eve had had taken from the tree of life. They'd eaten the fruit. and, And something had happened. Something had broken that relationship between them and God. God is walking in the cool of the garden, the garden that he created in the cool of the day, and he desires to have company with those that he's created. I get the impression from the text that this is a regular event. It's a routine in their daily lives, an evening stroll of the created with the creator, a daily reminder of where God's hand has filled the imprint that he's created, that imprint that he's left on each one of us. God made himself visible to Adam and Eve so that they could feel connected to their father. It was a time of retreat, a time of rest following a day of labor in the Garden of Eden. But on this evening, Adam and Eve had failed to show up. They'd hidden themselves. And after a confrontation with God, they were cursed to work among the thorns and the thistles. That was not how it was supposed to be. But work itself is not a curse. Before the fall and before Adam and Eve had decided to go out alone, all work had been assigned to them. So we were created for a purpose. We were created to work. Mike Breen, in his book on building a discipling culture, talks about a biblical framework for a rhythm of life. And that, that rhythm of life allows us to be fruitful and to be in balance with rest. Now, I have an electronic brain. If I lose it, or I lose the data that's on it, I'm in big trouble. I keep in it all of my daily appointments. I know from the moment I wake up to the moment when I go to bed that some days, every single moment of the day is scheduled in here because of the busyness of my work. How many of us have diaries like that that are full of different activities through the day? I even schedule my runs every week in here so I know exactly when I'm going to be running. But how many of us have got blank space in there for us to rest? How many of us intentionally block out time to rest and to relax? There is a biblical pattern for life that we can see in the lives of Adam and Eve and that we can see in Jesus' life. 
I'm part of a huddle group that Richard and Tessa lead. Uh, it's just made up of, of three couples within the, the missional community that we're part of. And we look at, uh, as part of our rhythm of up, in and out, we meet together once a month and we study uh, some of the material from Mike, Mike Breen. And we've been studying about what's called life shapes. And I want to share one of those life shapes to just help you understand this challenge of getting the balance between work and rest right. And the life shape is a semicircle. Here we have a semicircle with rest on one side and work on the other side. And within that semicircle, there's a pendulum hanging from the bottom. And on one side, we have rest, which is about abiding with Christ, spending time, just having downtime, resting and relaxing. And on the other side, we have work, which is our, our being fruitfulness. And in our lives, in our, in our working lives, in our Christian lives, we need to find a way to just cycle backwards and forwards like a pendulum between those two sides. Now, at this point, I was going to swing a pendulum from the ceiling and to demonstrate the art of the pendulum. But I thought that might be a little bit dangerous. It might turn into a wrecking ball. So I've decided that you are all my pendulums. So if you'd like to jump and stand up for a moment. So... I want you all to head to that side of the room. You're my pendulum now. So all move over to that side of the room. You're moving to a place of rest. A place of resting in God. Tim's not moving because he's on the PA. That's very good. So you're all in in a place of rest. And you've intentionally got up from where you were, wherever you were on, on on the semicircle. You've moved across and you're in a place of rest. And you've chosen to make that, that, that move. When we're in that place of rest, it's an opportunity for us to grow. And as we, as we grow, we can reach out and we can start to, to bring, uh, bring work into our work environment. So if you'd like to swing across, like the pendulum, all the way over to the other side. So your lives are filling up with work, filling up with activities. Filling up with stress, you've gone all the way over to the far side of the pendulum's reach, all the way, all the way over to that side, and you realize, actually, you're too busy. You're getting burnt out, you're getting stretched, you're getting stressed. So you need to start pruning things out. You need to be re- really mindful and choosing the things that are going to be a priority for you and choosing the things that you're going to stop doing. So as you stop doing things, you're pruning your lives and you're swinging back to a place of rest. If you like to swing back to a place of rest over the other side... Again, you're choosing to leave things behind. You're choosing to move to a place of rest. Very good. Okay, thank you. You can take your seats. (laughs) It's a bit of exercise, a bit of movement. So when we find a place of rest, when we abide in Christ, we can grow. And we can go forward to bear fruit. And we find a bit more about that in John. John 15 says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the world I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. 
If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So fruitfulness happens in stages and in seasons. We abide, we grow, we bear fruit, we prune and we abide. And this is a rhythm, a rhythm of the swinging of the pendulum. We can't bear fruit as Christians if we do not spend time abiding, if we don't spend time resting with God. We can't just say that we're in abide mode because a branch that doesn't bear fruit, it will be cut off and it cast into a fire. This passage that we've just read doesn't actually mention growth. Growth is about establishing the right rhythm. Growth is not the same as bearing fruit. Sometimes we we mistake our own growth, our own spiritual growth, for the fruit itself. An apple tree doesn't bear, bear fruit for two or three years. Grapevines are pruned back and forced not to bear fruit for two or three years so that their root system can grow and be established. So growth must happen before the fruit is produced. Again, as we establish this rhythm of life. In a vine, the branches need to grow. They need to be strong enough to bear the fruit and support the fruit. Sometimes those branches become too long and straggly and they're not strong enough to support the fruit and we need to prune them back. Sometimes there are activities in our lives that take up too much time and are creating too much stress on us. They need to be pruned back. The grower, in this case God, has to spend time in pruning before he can expect the vine to bear fruit. So are we too busy? Are we too busy in our work life? Are we too busy in our home life? Are we too busy in our church life? How do we get the right rhythm? How does our personal pendulum swing? The truth is we need to find a way to find space for that rhythm of life. So we can break that up in different ways to different periods of time. Within a day, how do we, how do we find the right balance? How do we get space for rest uh, and for work? Well, the experts tell us that the most fundamental thing is, is sleep. So again, working from a place of rest. Eight hours of sleep is what's recommended for adults. So within our daily rhythm, finding time to sleep, getting to a place where we're getting eight hours of sleep and safeguarding that space. Nominally, eight hours of work, whatever that may be for different people. And then four hours engaging, just connecting with people, connecting with family, spending time together with your significant other, just doing stuff together, engaging. And then four hours maybe disengaging, so you know, real relaxation, whether that's for you, taking exercise, whether it's reading, whether it's TV, finding other stuff just to take some downtime. In a week, we've already talked about the importance of, of, of taking a day for rest. Whether it's the Sabbath or whether you have a situation which means you have to work on the Sunday. Making a day... Uh, making a day, making a priority within your week to take rest, making space for family, making space for church, making space for the neighbors that we are called to love as ourselves, making space in your week for those kind of activities. And then within a month, be intentional about planning patterns of work and rest, and taking regular times to celebrate and to retreat. And then also there are seasons. So there are seasons within the year, obviously, Um, there may be longer times where we have to work or longer times where we take rest. But also be aware of the seasons of life that go even beyond that. 
We were in different situations and different circumstances. And our ability to work and our ability to rest or to do different things changes and shifts with those different seasons. When we're children, when we're adolescents, when we're going through adulthood, when we're single, when we get married, when we become parents, we have different ages of children, all having different demands on our time. How do we make sure that we balance that and be intentional about making time and space for those things? I'm at the empty nesting stage, but I also have a boomerang. It's Tim's come back from university and living back with us. Different life stages bring different opportunities. Maybe you're changing your job. Maybe you have a new job, and that is more demanding to get into a new way of working. And Just being mindful that that will take time, but you also need to make sure that you're taking time to rest and relax. So being aware of those changing seasons. And then finally, just continue to reflect on Jesus' example. Through his life, through the Gospels, you read of times when Jesus withdrew to a quiet place. He had extended times of retreat. He took 40 days in the desert before he started his ministry. So he spent 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. He was abiding with his Father. He was drawing strength from him in that place. So maybe when there are times of significant change, we each need to consider, are we needing a time of retreat? Jesus also established regular daily times of quiet, resting with his Father. We read in Mark's Gospel that Jesus got up very early in the morning to go to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus made it a priority to spend time with the Father. He read the scriptures, he paused and he prayed. It's important that we find a regular time of quiet to rest with God. And Jesus also taught his disciples to rest. There are examples where Jesus called them away to a quiet place. In Matthew 6, it says, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. All the way through Mark's gospel, we can read different elements of Uh, where Jesus is either taking rest or recommending rest to those around him. Times when he went alone to the lake, when he withdrew with his disciples, times when he goes up to the mountainside, times when he left the crowds to go away and get into a boat, times when he dismisses all the crowds and takes time to go away up the mountain and pray. Now it's important that each of us finds a different way to rest. Some people are extroverts, they like to be around people, they like to be in the busyness of things, and they draw energy and they rest in those kind of situations. For others, we are introvert, we like to just retreat to a quiet place and and just spend time reflecting and getting away from it all. It's also important to recognize how you uh, get the best form of rest, how the, the best way that you can relax and make space for that. So in summary, we were created to be fruitful. God put Adam and Eve in the garden to work and to rest. And even before the fall, work was required in paradise. We need to rest. God commanded us to take a day of rest like himself. We are to work from rest, not rest from work. And we, each one of us can work best from a place of rest. We've looked at the rhythm of life. You have become a pendulum for the morning. 
like that pendulum that swings back and forth, we need to find space in our busy lives to abide and to rest in Christ. And we need to prune stuff out of our lives and create space to allow us to grow. Think about scheduling time in your day, time in your week, time in your month, time in different seasons through the year and through your life to allow uh, growth and to allow you to rest. And we saw that fruitfulness allows, allows pruning and growth. Now as we come to, to a close at the end of the day, uh, one of the things that we do in our huddle sessions is that, that we um, make a commitment based on uh, what we've learned, what we've been uh, sharing and discussing together. And we just choose one thing that we're going to do differently based on the topic that we've been learning. And we share that with the group and we hold each other accountable. We hold each other accountable, encourage each other to meet as we meet together to, uh, to make sure that we have followed up on that commitment that we've made. So as we close uh, this morning, my ask to you is just to pause for a moment and to think about what, what God has been saying to you about work and about rest. And what one thing, just one thing, maybe just one small step, what are you going to do this week based on what God has been saying to you about rest and about the rhythm of life? What one thing are you going to do differently? And if you can, just find one other person to talk to and, and share that with at some point this week. And maybe check in with them just to see how they're doing. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Um, it's been a real challenge for us in our huddle uh, as eldership team, but also um, to really make that space for rest and to work from that place. Whatever we do in our lives, it's important that we abide in Christ. Um, so thank you, Andrew, for that challenge. And yes, please do share with someone maybe something you feel challenged about resting and doing on a weekly basis. Um, I forgot to say that it is the first of the month, so we're going to be doing communion um, now. Uh, so if you'd like to come and sit down, everybody at the back, because we're actually going to do communion together.